right, guys. Let's start talking about some football. We got somebody in here. Uh, let's do it. Tune it in to listen to some football, right? Ah, oh, we got Ben in here too. All right. So let's we'll talk. Let's talk some football. Ben, how you doing? Welcome. Um, so here we are. Uh, we're we're sitting here week uh, week three. You know, we we've already got a question. Uh, instead of instead of let, let's let's start it off with a bang. Here's the, here's the question we got, guys. Thomas White in the in the group chat traded Daniel Jones and Kelvin Harmon for Curtis Samuels and Nick Foles. Good deal. It's one QB league. And one point per one PPT, one point per target. It's probably a mistype, is my guess, because the PPR. T's right next to the R. <laughs> probably yeah. PPR. Yeah, PPR. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so where are we at with this? It's a one QB league, which uh, which we we all you know we partake in. It's not our specialty, but we partake in it, right? And so, what 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 side do we want here? Daniel Jones and Kelvin Harmon, or Curtis Samuel and Nick Foles? Curtis Samuel and Nick Foles. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, I mean, I love Daniel Jones too, uh, James. I'm kind of with you on on him, um, but I, I think in a one QB, you know, um, the only way that I I probably don't do the full side if, is if I don't have another quarterback option, which I can't imagine you'd do that deal uh, if you didn't. Uh, obviously, with Foles being hurt. Um, right now, so I, I, I think I think I definitely would want the Samuel the Samuel side. Yeah, quarterbacks are you know yeah, probably the first sixteen of them might be gone, and uh, there's a huge, big middle of quarterbacks from probably quarterback eight to probably nineteen are all pretty close to each other in stats every week. So um, I'd rather have Samuel. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think Curtis Samuel is probably the most valuable uh, piece in this deal as far as a one quarterback league goes. Um, Foles is going to be out. I mean, he's got they got put him they put him on the IR. Um, I don't know if he's going to end up playing playing for you. So, I mean, I guess as long as you have a quarterback that you can start until Foles gets back at the end of the fantasy season, um, I think that this is a fine deal to get a wide receiver that hopefully is going to start for you. Um, I, I hope just we don't know the rest of the team, but I'm hoping that uh, Samuels is because you really need a wide receiver that's going to put up some points. So, anytime I'm I see okay a question that. about a one quarterback league and there's a quarterback involved, it's unless you're getting one of the top five or six quarterbacks, you know, it's a lot of times there's a big, big uh, muddle in the middle. So, yeah. it's almost like they're interchangeable. So, you look at the second piece, and if we're talking about Curtis Samuel, that's that's a I'm pretty happy with Curtis Samuel this, with his production so far this year, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what he can do the rest of the season. So that's uh, the biggest piece of this puzzle by far. I don't know, guys. I, I definitely am on board in redraft. I, I agree. If it's a redraft league, I'm definitely on the Curtis Samuels and Nick Foles side. Um, in Dynasty, I, I, I guess I like Kelvin Harmon's upside, and I know you're not getting anything out of him this year, um, but I, I, I like stashing him. I just I, I think he has a high upside. Um you know, potential at, at the wide receiver position. We're, we're already seeing Terry McLaurin is a guy who just stepped in as a rookie and he's getting playing time there. Um, they don't, there's not a lot of competition for him once he does come back, at least as of right now, you know, to playing time. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. To me, I want the other side in a dynasty, um, even in a one quarterback league. Daniel Jones has has the upside to be a top 12 quarterback. So a starting quarterback in the, in you know, in a one QB league. 
And Calvin Harmon to me is is a piece that I really like. Nick Foles really isn't a guy that I like an awful lot long term. And so that's what does it for me is I'm basically trading Daniel Jones and Calvin Harmon for Curtis Samuels. So um, I, I guess it really really depends on how high you are in Curtis Samuels and how you feel on the other pieces. I think it's pretty close. Um, but in Dynasty, I think I would take Daniel Jones and Kelvin Harmon, uh, to be honest. I'd probably be in the minority here, but I think I'd take that side. Yeah, I think this is close. I mean, this is one of those deals where uh, if you need the wide receiver help right now, um, even in Dynasty with one quarterback league, I think it's it's worth it to get a, uh, you know your wide receiver three in Samuel. Um, if, you're, if you're trying to make, you know, get some production out of that, that position group specifically. Um, I, I agree. I like Kelvin Harmon um, long-term. I don't know if he's going to really provide you a whole lot this year, but we did see him kind of connect a little bit in the preseason with Dwayne Haskins. So if Haskin ever, Haskins ever hits the field this year, um, you might see a little bit of a bump for Harmon. Daniel Jones is probably the best uh, dynasty piece as far as quarterback in this situation i don't expect Foles really to be a starter after uh the next two seasons um maybe you get him when he comes back this year probably starting next year but i still think that that team is going to end up drafting a quarterback at some point uh to compete with Foles. so again i think this is this is this is really just personal preference on uh, if you need a wide receiver right now in my eyes at least all right, guys, let's let's shift focus a little bit here. We didn't get many questions online, um, so I'm just going to kind of come up with a few questions that I had, and I'm interested to see kind of what you guys think. Oh, actually, I tell you what, one of our uh, one of our listeners actually uh, has a question for us, so let's go ahead and answer this superflex question: Time to start shopping Aaron Rodgers with the new offense before it's too late, or is this matchup on Thursday what gets him back on track? Uh, again, Thursday uh, playing against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary has been. Uh, poor uh, let's just say so far this year is is this is this the week you expect to break out from Aaron Rodgers or is is it time to maybe shop him as a top asset and hope that you can get get the return you know based on his name value what do you guys think well I know how I know how you feel about this James so um, I, yes yes that, that goes without saying okay um, but, but so so I so I um boy I do, I do see. So here's the tough part about this. I think the matchup is really good this week with the Eagles, but I feel like Rodgers doesn't always perform all that well on Thursday night games, if I remember correctly. So I, I don't, I'm not really sure how to think on that is in terms of this week being a breakout week. I do think Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, I, I still consider him one of the better quarterbacks in the league now are we talking top two like some of our hosts may think still uh maybe not i mean maybe he's not that anymore okay but uh but he's still a guy that is better than most quarterbacks in the league um i do think if you're in win in a win now mode um or or a win this year slash next year mode uh, yeah maybe it is a time to to kind of go out and see if you can can acquire Aaron Rodgers here. Um, you know, they're they're going to have to throw the ball. I know they want to run the ball a bunch, but they seem to always revert back to throwing the ball anyways, even in this new offense. So I just think that, you know, moving forward here, I think he 
he is a guy that, you know, it's not like he's he's not producing Aaron Rodgers-like numbers. That's the problem. It's not that he's playing terrible. I mean, he hasn't thrown a pick, four touchdowns in three games, which is, you know, a little less than you're used to from the guy, but that's because he's been so elite for so long. So if you're looking for, you know, again, top two quarterback Aaron Rodgers that we've gotten so used to over the last decade, maybe you're not getting that guy anymore, but you're still getting a pretty darn good quarterback. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd consider trading for him right now. Uh, it's just like everybody else though. The price got to be right. Yeah. The price definitely has to be right. That's, I mean, you kind of nail it on the head there. Rogers is, there is a new offense. He's fighting with his coach. There's, uh, something's not really working the way it should be over there. Once they figure that out, there is just the comeback week. Uh, nobody knows for sure. It's a good, it's a nice, they're favored by six points and, you know, or five and a half points at home. So this could be a good, uh, Eagles are pretty, uh, got some injuries, but they're a pretty po- uh, potent offense. So I'm, uh, I could see definitely improvement over his 200 and 220 yard games. I would expect this to be at least a bounce back week, not a, you know, who knows how much is bouncing back, but at least, at least a little bit of bounce back anyway. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to have a good week this week. Um, I, I just, I really worry about Rogers, you know, his, his age is starting to creep up on him a little bit. Um, the, the new offense is not producing the amount of passes that we were, we would normally expect for a quarterback as good as Rodgers right now, he's, you know, uh, he's kind of middle of the pack and everything as far as statistically, you know, he's not really putting up huge points, but we're only three weeks in the season. I still think he finishes the year as a top 12 quarterback and you have to, I'm not trading him right now unless I'm getting a piece that I think is going to produce higher long-term you know, so unless he's getting, I would put him in a deal for like a, a you know, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Um, if you can use his name value in in a trade and piece him together and try to get him a Mahomes or a Jackson, then that, you know, Deshaun Watson wins. Those are all guys that I would be looking for um, if I'm going to give up uh, an Aaron Rodgers, um, especially in in dynasty. You know, I just. I think his name value still has quite a bit, but I wonder if we're going to reach a point where some of these injuries and things that he's had over the last couple of years start catching up to his production uh, to the point where eventually that name value is not going to get you what you could get with it right now. So, I mean, it's up to you. I wouldn't be trading him just to get rid of him. I would be trading him to try to make a significant upgrade um, as far as total years left of high quality production. So, um, unless a younger guy is in play, I'm I'm not going to uh, uh, really think about trading him. Um, I definitely wouldn't be trading him for picks right now. Yeah, I I, I like what what you just said there, Ethan. Really, what, what we have to we have to realize with Rodgers, he hasn't been that elite asset the past couple of years, you know. And now, uh, starting starting this year, you know, he hasn't really put up those elite numbers either. And it's not that he's not a great quarterback. He's a great NFL quarterback. He's just not putting up those fantasy numbers that we're used to seeing. And again, he hasn't, you know, the past two two seasons, he really didn't. So 
Um, that's really where we're at with Rodgers. I, I think the play here is to hold him this week because he should have a very nice matchup against Philly and then tr- maybe try to deal him after that. And I agree with Ethan. You're, you, if you're dealing him, you got to get a, a, a younger, you know, high upside quarterback in return, a guy like Dak, you know, one of those top, top 10, top 12, top 14 guys that, that you feel really good about has to be, you know, and if you're, if you're going lower, it's got to be part of a package, you know, that you got to be upgrading another position to deal Rogers. So I think now is the time to deal Rogers. And I think it's because people aren't, you know, they don't look at the numbers with Rogers. They think of, you know, how elite he was for so long, which is great, you know, but when you actually look and break down the numbers, you see, man, he got hurt two years ago, man, last year he wasn't, great fantasy wise. Oh man, this year he's not having a great fantasy season. So it's just, it would be alarming if it was any other player outside of Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think people want to, uh, they're they're slow to react when it comes to somebody who's put up those numbers year in and year out uh, for a long time. And I think you can take advantage of that if you own Rodgers. So to me, that would be the play. I think I'd hold them this week and then try to deal. Uh, Anybody else got anything on that? So I have a question. Um, do you think that it affects his weapons? So specifically Devontae Adams, because that's a guy that, you know, we're, we're used to seeing huge numbers from at receiver. Um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned him actually on, on Monday's show or show Tuesday show uh, that he, you know, he was a guy that I was targeting as a buy low um, after a slow start. Do we think that with Rodgers, maybe not being the same quarterback he was, is that going to affect Devontae Adams or is the volume still going to be there for him to put up those elite numbers? Yeah, I think that's a good question. My my take on it is I, I believe that Devontae Adams is, is still going to be able to put up those numbers. I don't know that Rodgers is going to put up numbers for that, that are going to sustain multiple fantasy options in the passing game, um, game in and game out. But I think the one guy that, will eventually even out and, and write that ship is going to be Devontae Adams. So I would have less um, less of an issue trying to deal for Adams, especially low, um, as opposed to any of the other targets that are in Green Bay. I know uh, MVS has, uh, has looked good at the start of the season. That wouldn't be a guy that I would be targeting. I wouldn't be targeting any of the tight ends either, especially Jimmy Graham. Um, and, and so I think the one guy in that passing attack that I'd feel comfortable targeting is Devonte Adams. What do you guys think, John, Ethan, what do you guys think about, uh, Devonte Adams? Do you think even if Rogers is kind of held to a, to a lower mark for the rest of his career here, can Adams still hit his numbers? Yeah. These guys, stats they, they, they seem to average out you know, every year. They, they don't, I mean, Adams had a wonderful year last year, but, there's definitely improvement on the way. It's not a time to panic right now. If you're an owner, you got to hold. I'm a buyer right now in, in any other in any market. You know, redraft, dynasty. I don't care anything. Anybody who's willing to panic on Adams, I'm buying right now as fast as I can. So you know, a little bit of there's a little bit of rough waters right now, but they they'll they'll figure this out. Yeah, I'm also buying. I'm also buying Adams as well. Uh, I think I think the one thing we haven't really spoken on for both these guys, Adams and uh, Rogers, is how much better this defense has looked this year and compared to uh, the Green Bay defenses that we're used to in the past. You know, no longer um, are we relying on Rogers to win them games basically by himself by throwing 40, 45 times a game. You know, this defense has looked pretty legit in the first three weeks. And uh, of course, you know, it's, it's only three weeks in the season. I say you can't, you, I don't think we should make any uh, hard, fast judgment on any of these guys 
with such a little uh, amount of season. But this defense, uh, they have put significant capital into it through the draft, through um, free agency to make this defense uh, be able to carry some of the load that Rodgers was carrying before so that he doesn't have to pass 40 times as he gets older. And I think that is playing as much or more of a role as the new offense as a whole. Um, the fact that they don't have to be in these huge shootout games where Rodgers is just carrying carrying them to victories uh, is definitely going to impact both he and um, Devontae Adams as far as production goes. And I think there's, there's not really much that we can say or do about it. It doesn't mean that they're not still great players. Uh, it's just that the team itself has taken a different route as far as how they want to win games. Yeah, no, that's really well said. That's a fantastic point. As a matter of fact, in the group chat, we had uh, lineups and chill uh, make, make a comment about how Aaron Rodgers is now a risk averse quarterback that no longer needs to outscore teams to win. I, I think that's perfect. I think that goes hand in hand with, I mean, the reason why he doesn't need to outscore teams to win is because that defense has looked so good. But here's here's my concern with the defense. I'm wondering if you guys have any concern with this. They're, they're very fast, but they're young. Um, are they going to hit a wall later in the year? Is this, you know, they, they play a lot of young players, and I'm not sure that they're used to to go in the full 16. Um, are they going to hit? Is, is there a wall coming for this team? Um, you know, later in the year, does Rodgers have to be asked to do more? And if so, is he going to be capable to do that? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, when you're looking at their opponents in the North, at least, I'm not overly concerned with that. Um, I, I know the Lions are off to a hot start and good for Lions fans and for that team, because for crying out loud, if anyone needs a really good season, it's probably the Detroit Lions. Um okay. So um, my, my, my friend Jerry's out there uh, listening to this, probably rolling over and stuff. But anyways, uh, yeah, you know, I the Bears, same thing. Like, I'm not overly concerned. They have a really good defense, too. But I think you saw what you're going to see in Green Bay versus Chicago in week one. It's going to be just a slobber knocker of a game where, you know, it's low scoring. There's not, you know, a lot of defensive plays. Um the the one opponent i guess for me is the vikings you know depending on how that goes uh, with with i mean they they're running the crap out of the ball right now so you know i don't know i mean this division is a little bit interesting uh, you know it's it's kind of a it's been a division in the past where there's been tons of throwing right i mean stafford and megatron and and um you know aaron rodgers and the vikings threw the ball so i think 606 times last year or something like that. So it's been a, a division historically here over the last couple of years where they've been shootouts. It's been high scoring games. It's been, you know, um, all of that. And, and, but this year, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. Will they hit a wall? We'll see. I'm, I'm not overly impressed with the offenses in this division. Uh, I know Obviously, they play games outside of the division too, um, so we'll just have to see. I'm I'm not overly concerned with it, um, but it could certainly happen. I mean, we've seen defenses hit walls, and you know, in this in later in the season um, before, so it could certainly happen again. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think every team hits a wall at some point in the season. You know, if it's a handful of injuries mid-season, towards the end, everybody's tired and beat up. Uh, I think it's a good thing for the offense of the Packers. So I, I'm, uh, it's, it kind of really plays in the right in their hands. They're they're struggling right now to learn a new playbook, you know, to, a different playbook anyway, and it, some problems with uh, communication and some of the play calling with Rodgers and his coach. 
this is a great thing to have a lot of young players who are kind of who are overachieving right now. Uh, and if they do struggle later on, I think when all the when everything's tied up on the offensive side and they, they all the all the eyes are dots and the T's are crossed and they're finally on the same page, they can struggle a little bit. So that's okay. I'm not concerned about that at all. Yeah, I'm not concerned about. Um, I actually think it's an advantage for their defense uh, to be a little bit younger. Um, if I have to if I have to choose between a young offense and a young defense, I'm going to choose the defense. Uh, if I'm building a team, just because uh, the the wear and tear that those guys go through throughout the year. Um, again, I, I think John made a good point: is that they've been pretty healthy for the most part on defense. So I think that that plays a role with how well they're playing. You know, they haven't lost uh, a Blake Martinez or someone else. That's really a key to their defense. As long as those guys stay healthy and the corners are playing as well as what they are right now. I think that this team is going to continue doing what it was doing, which is we don't have to throw the ball to win. So uh, if, as long as they don't have to throw the ball to win, we're going to, you're going to be disappointed, I guess, with what you expected from Rogers and, and Adams. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense to me too. I think I think you guys brought up some good points there. So, let's move on. We got another question here in the chat, and this is from um, Paul. I'm going to butcher your last name, Paul. Paul Totten, Toten, Paul, Paul. We're just going to say Paul. Uh, Paul says, "So I'm in a 12 team PPR super flex. Start two running backs, three wide receivers, and one tight end. I also have Drew Brees and Melvin Gordon, so I'm floundering. I have an offer for Kelsey." of A.J. Brown, Tyrell Williams, a 2023rd, and a 2021 first. Um, doesn't say anything about it being tight end premium, um, so I'm going to assume it's not. Um, what's your guys' thoughts? Is it Kelsey or is it the package here? I I mean, that is a lot, but I'm, I, I think I'd have to hold on to Kelsey for that. I love A.J. Brown, but he's got, a, he's got a bad quarterback for, I don't know, for I don't know how many years. Hopefully they draft somebody next year in Tennessee, but um, Terrell Williams, I think he is, you know, there's nobody here that even really comes close to anything Kelsey, Kelsey wise. And those picks 2023rd, that's, you know, the 2021st is obviously important, but I don't see anything here that really measures up to what I, what Kelsey's worth in my opinion. What do you think, Ethan? Is this uh, is this is this Kelsey for you too? I don't I don't think it's really even that close. I think it ha- you have to stay with Kelsey. Um, he's one of the most valuable. If you're talking about just tight ends in general, but especially on a in a league where you only get a you know you only really have to start one, why wouldn't you want the best one on the best offense? I mean, it just makes sense to me. I think you keep Kelsey. You can get this exact same package literally at any point in time um, you say you're floundering but again we're only three weeks into the season there's no reason to panic right now Melvin Gordon could be back as soon as this week or next week um, if all the reports are true so you know it's uh, to me I think this is a trade that uh, I, I'm not really making unless I'm saying oh I'm out for the next few years because that 2021st is probably the most could have the most value long-term if you end up with a guy like Trevor Lawrence in 2021, you know, a a significant piece. Um, And and again, you're, you're waiting two entire seasons, two seasons that you could theoretically make a push to win. Um, You, uh, I know breeze going down hurts you, but um, I think that having breeze tells me that you're probably in at least somewhat of a win now window. I wouldn't be getting rid of a player like Kelsey, um, 
this early in the season if I thought that I had a chance to win, which you still have a chance to win because it's only three weeks in. So I, I'm holding on this because I think you can get this deal literally any time of the year. You can play the whole year out and get it at the end of the year and probably get more at the end of the year because somebody's going to be even more desperate to have that tight end. Brian, what you think, man? Yeah, I agree here 100%. Uh, this one's all Kelsey for me. <clears throat> um, I, I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy who is, you know, a, a top two round startup pick in a, in a lot of places. So, uh, you know, I, I think he, he's he, the advantage you get at the position is so great here um, that I, I think I would need, I mean, Kelsey is an absolute stud. You you wouldn't find anyone out there that would argue against that. And you're not getting a stud back. And I don't personally trade studs unless I'm getting studs back or at least chances at studs. And I'm not waiting two years to do it for sure. I mean, if, if that were a 2020 first, I still wouldn't do it. But it would be at least a little bit better of a deal, I think. Um, two years out, I mean, I'm... I'm not interested in waiting that long to try to, uh, you know, to try to use that that pick to to build into the team. Uh, the, one of the hardest thing, I mean, this this question actually brings up a great, uh, you know, a great. I, um, goodness, I can't even come up with my own damn words here. Um, it, it brings up a, a thing for me here. You know, I think it's really difficult. And we all do this, right? When we start floundering in a league, especially a league that we thought we were going to compete in. So you have Drew Brees, you have Kelsey, you have Melvin Gordon, and then you have some circumstances that take a couple of those guys away, injuries or holdouts or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I was supposed to be good this year. I was supposed to compete this year. And here I am after three weeks and I'm one and two or I'm oh and three. And it's it's natural and very easy to panic. I mean, that's that's exactly what you know. I've, I have a couple leagues like this, and I'm sitting there doing the same thing. Like, oh man, like any offer that comes in, should I do this? You know, should I flip it? You know, should I flip some of these guys and change the direction of my team and all of that? I think in this case, just take a breath and 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 move forward with your guys. You know, like Ethan said, you're probably going to get Melvin Gordon back in the next week or two. He might not play this week, but likely moving forward, he will. Um, you know, Kelsey's outstanding. And if you can just hang on without Breeze, I mean, he'll be back too in six, four, six. Uh, I, that to Ethan, that's his specialty. But yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm hoping he'll be back. And hopefully you also have another quarterback that you can plug in. Um, I just wouldn't panic. That's th that. This isn't enough, in in my opinion, to to move a player like Travis Kelsey. I I gotta have more. Okay, so I, I'm gonna chime in, and I, I I do agree. I'm on the Kelsey side here. I think you can get more for him, and I think Ethan made a great point. You can get this deal at any point in time. So why do it now um, when you can have Kelsey all year, you know, and then and then go get this deal or more? But. I am not opposed to trying to deal Travis Kelsey, especially in this format. Look, it's one tight end. There's no tight end premium. It's PPR for everyone. I can probably flip Travis Kelsey for a top 20 receiver, and I think I'd be doing just fine there, especially a younger guy. Um, Kelsey's starting to get up there in age, and I'm starting to, to see – we're starting to see all these weapons in Kansas City emerge, these speed guys, these guys that can – 
uh, that can stretch the field. And and you do need a good tight end that can take advantage of, you know, the center of the field and that sort of thing. But really, really where Kelsey kind of made his hay was, was uh, you know, stretching the seam. So I, I've got some long-term questions with him. I think this year, I, I think you're right, though. I, the, the underlying message that all three of you guys kind of put was, don't panic. Don't don't panic yet. It's too early. And th- that is correct. It is too early to panic. So I wouldn't make this move right now because you're panicking. And I wouldn't go out and actively try to sell Kelsey because you think you're not going to be competitive, you know, three weeks into the season. So that I do agree with. However, I would say that I, I, if I needed to improve part of my team and I had Travis Kelsey, I would be okay with trying to move Travis Kelsey for part of that. And part of that is just my philosophy is that I would, I would rather punt the tight end position. If you don't have one of the top two or three options year in and year out, um, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much, you know, in the, in the same boat as everybody else who doesn't. And, uh, and, and there's really no, no, you know, advantage outside of, you know, the only advantage is if you have one of those top three. Okay. And so, I think that, you know, you're on level playing ground with, you know, eight teams out of your, you know, eight other teams out of the league or seven other teams, you know, out of the league. And, you know, you, you just dealt one of those guys to upgrade another position. So now you have, you know, three wide receivers that you feel really confident about, you know, moving forward. So um, that's, that's just me, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, we're all on the Kelsey side here. I think you can get more for Kelsey uh, for sure. Um, so uh, guys, I, I do want to, we brought up Melvin Gordon and I, I do kind of want to take a second to talk about him. Sounds like his situation is, uh, it's being reported that he's expected to show up on Thursday, um, is what we're hearing right now. Um, you know, it's been reported by several outlets that, that that's the expectation. What do you guys, what do you guys do with Melvin Gordon? Are you moving him up your rankings? Are you trying to get him? Um, if you held him this whole time, um, you know, is now the, now a nice sell window, um, are, are you holding on to him? What do you expect out of him when he returns? What, what's the, uh, what's the deal with Melvin Gordon? We know how, you know, how decent, how good he's been for fantasy over the past few years. Do we expect him to just pick up right where he left off or, or what, uh, what's the expectation from you guys? I think a lot of people are going to want to know that, uh, if he does report on Thursday. So, uh, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think when he comes back, he better perform. Um, you know, if there's any type of, of letdown, um, you know, he, I mean, Austin Eckler has been pretty darn good in these three games, so he better, he better perform. I think he will. I mean, I, I don't think there's really any reason to anticipate him not performing. He's been really good guys. I mean, Melvin Gordon's been one of the best running backs in the league, um, over the last several years, you know, he, he, he's unbelievable out of the backfield, um, you know, and, and he scores touchdowns, which is huge mm-hmm. for fantasy purposes. So, um, you know, I, I think it might take him a couple of weeks, you know, just like when, you, you know, anytime you see guys miss time, uh, a lot of times it takes a couple of weeks for them to get back in rhythm and and whatnot, um, get used to getting hit, those types of things. But I do expect that he'll probably in a couple of weeks be um you know, be back to himself. And, and, and I do think they'll run the, I mean, I'll, I think they'll run the wheels off of him because why not? They're not going to pay him. Um, you know, so if, if you, if you're going to move forward with Eckler, you know, I mean, use him sparingly and, and mix him in, but don't ride him so hard here when you have Gordon, who is a talented running back. Um, 
you know, run the wheels off of Gordon and then move forward with Eckler because he's shown that he can fill in pretty admirably. So, yeah, that's a good point. I, uh, you know, it's it's a big guessing game. Are they going to try and share work? Try to preserve some of the guys that are going to be there in a year or two when Gordon's gone. Uh, they got some. Uh, they find out what they have, and that's a good problem to have to find out what you have in your backups. And they did. They can. They they feel. I think they feel like they could trust Eckler, Eckler now. So maybe they are preparing for the future, and maybe they. I don't know. They could say, "Hey, Gordon, we're you know you're a rented mule for right now, so we're going to beat you until you can't move anymore." Or they could say, "Hey, maybe we could get some kind of agreement here with some kind of rotation, and you know, yeah, still pay the guy not what he wants, but still pay him a decent, and maybe try and keep this rotation in the future." I don't think. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but. Um, there's a couple ways to go about this. You know, they could, uh, they could beat him up and uh, like you guys just said, but I, I think the three, the three down, the three, the three back rotation in this backfield is going to be what you're going to see the rest of the year. A little bit of everybody. Ethan, real quick. Um, I, I, I do want to hear kind of your thoughts on it, but I also want to hear, um, is, is there an additional injury risk for a guy who hasn't played, who's been basically sitting on the couch for a while that's just going to come in? At, how, how do you think they should work him in? I mean, do you think they can just throw him in, um, you know, right away here and, and give him a, a bell cow type workload? Or do you think it it's beneficial to, to kind of work him in slowly? I think they're going to have to work him in somewhat slowly. I mean, it's not going to be – uh, it's not going to be like a five or 10 carry. If they're going to, if they're going to play him, they're going to play him. Um, but yes, his risk, the risk for injury is a little bit higher, right? When he first comes back, you know, it's just like when you come in, when you see all the injuries, when guys come in for training camps before the season, you know, really start before the preseason really starts kicking up and you see a ton of injuries when these guys start practicing again, their bodies just aren't used to the stress that, uh, they've taken some time off and then they try to come back and go at 110%. And that's it even, even higher for him because he's playing in real games that actually matter. So um, yes, he's definitely at a higher uh, risk of injury as far as how they're going to use him. I think Eckler has shown that at least in the receiving game, for sure, he can take a lot of that work from, from Gordon. And if you look through Gordon's stats in the last, his first four seasons, I mean, you're talking 33 receptions, 41 receptions, 58 receptions, 50 receptions last year. I mean, he has produced through the air as well. And I think that that is where you're going to, if they do decide to split time, that's where Eckler is going to really take a lot of the fantasy value away from Melvin Gordon. Um, but you never know. I mean, they they could say Melvin Gordon gives us the best chance to win. And if that's the case, then they'll feed him and, and they'll ride him until the wheels fall off, like John said. And then, uh, you know, he'll be a great fantasy asset. But I think that uh, if we don't know for sure why Melvin Gordon's coming back, but I can tell you that the better that Eckler played, the less the need was for him to come back and the less his his value was decreasing every week that Eckler showed that he could do very similar to what Melvin Gordon was doing. So um, I think he plays for the rest of this year and then asked for them to basically just not sign him to a contract so that he can go play where he wants to, where he's not splitting time if that's really something he wants. But I think as soon as he comes back, he's going to have some fantasy value. The question is, is it going to be to the extent that you had hoped when you drafted him? And I think a lot of people got him for a discount, so he probably is still worth it to me. 
Do you think he's coming back to... I mean, he's coming back right ahead of the trade deadline, too. Like, do you think he's coming back at all to kind of say, hey, you know what, I'm willing to work if somebody's willing to come in and swoop me out of here? Um, I mean, I know trades like that are unlikely in the National Football League, but we've seen crazier things the last couple of years with trades, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Ethan really brought up a good point as far as his value. It was getting hurt, and it wasn't just Eckler. I mean, Eckler was fantastic, but Justin Jackson's yards per carry were insanely high. Like, he was efficient, even though they weren't using him a ton. I mean, he was really good when they did use him. I mean, I you just saw, like, eight carries for 57 yards, nine carries for, you know, 58 yards. Like, they didn't use him a ton, but when they did, he was very effective. He was very good. And I think the writing was on the wall. Like, man, the more I hold out and the more these guys show out, it just kind of shows that, well, maybe Melvin Gordon wasn't that special. Maybe it was just, you know, the system or who, whoever was running behind that line or whatever. So um, I think that was that was a big part of it was, you know, they weren't struggling and maybe he kind of expected them to early and, and they weren't. And so now he's, you know, now now he's in, uh, he's in a little bit of a bind. So um, I think that's the main reason why he came back. Um Real quick, guys, I, I do want to – Ethan, John, this, this is for you guys. So we have 15 minutes left in the show, okay? I am good with talking about whatever we want. But before we go, I am going to have a this week, next week, because I have not been able to do that all year, and it's driving me nuts, okay? Something that I was really good at, I uh, my this week, next week, week one, was Chris Conway. And I felt like that was a pretty good one, you know? He's, he's worth being rostered, and he wasn't being rostered then. So – um. You, I, if you guys want to contribute to that, I'm, I'm putting you on the clock. We got 15 minutes to find a guy. I would love it if we could find a guy and we could show up, uh, Brian and and Hogue, you know, when they're doing it on their waiver show. Like, you know, they they're the experts on it. I would love it if we could just, you know, in 15 minutes, each find a guy that, you know, what next week this guy's going to be a hot ad on the waiver wire. Get him this week and beat the rush, and just just show out, just just show that we should we should be doing it. Hey, so just so, so 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 just let's let's just stop right there for one second here, James. Now you have to understand that I've gone to bat twice now for you on that show. Okay, the, this week it was the Dalvin Cook thing, and the first yeah. week we definitely did shout you out with Chris Conley and how awesome that was mm-hmm. because you there was no doubt about it. You pegged that one, nailed it right on the head. So, um, so yeah, I does just Chris, say does, Chris, that. does Chris Herndon count? No, and not, neither does Ben Moss. All right, let's, let's stay away from those guys. Come on now. Does Golden Tate count? Oh, I don't know. Is Golden Tate rostered? I think he's rostered in a lot of leagues. I, I, th- I think these guys. See, I'm looking. We're, we got to look for waiver wire guys. We got to look for guys that probably aren't owned in a majority of the league. I got to think Golden Tate, Christopher Herndon, Ben Watson are probably owned. Maybe not in redraft, but I think those guys are owned in most dynasty leagues. So while we're while, while we're waiting and while we're kind of looking that up here, uh, Kyle Senra, good friend of the shows, Kyle, what's going on? But um, ask this question: Superflex trade, Philip Lindsay for Mike Williams. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, it's a one point PPR. Um, I, man, I'm really interested to hear what side you guys are on on this one, just because Mike Williams, his value was sky high coming into the year, um, and. Keenan Allen's been been the man there, obviously, and so has Austin Eckler. Mike Williams has been okay when he's been healthy, though. But Phil Lindsay also really kind of hit or miss. 
Royce Freeman's been pretty good. So what do you guys think? Which asset would you rather have? Brian, I'll start with you. Yeah, this one's pretty tough. I mean, I, I, mm. I mean, I would typically say the young receiver um, in, in this case. I just Mike Williams is such an enigma for me. I, I, you know, coming out of Clemson, if it wasn't for the injuries, I think he would have been, you know, obviously started a lot, a lot better. I mean, that's the most obvious thing I think I probably could have said there, which is awesome. Um, I, I just don't know, you know, last year he wasn't really that good without the touchdowns. So I just don't know. I don't know what Mike Williams is yet. You know, I, I feel like Philip Lindsay, I know what I'm getting from him. Um, the only issue there obviously is opportunity because Royce Freeman is splitting carries. I mean, they're almost, almost right down the middle. So um, I would probably lean the receiver. I guess I hate this trade because I don't, I don't like, I don't, it, it's doing crazy things to my brain. Um, I, I probably would lean Williams with the hope that he, kind of takes off um and and things start clicking um but it's it's probably right on value wise in terms of where i think both of these guys are right now yeah it's Lindsay for me and it's not really even that close um i know that he's splitting time with royce freeman between the tackles but he's still getting quite a few carries and he is dominating uh from a receiving perspective the backfield there i think he's top 10 in uh, both uh, targets and receptions as far as running backs go um and i think he's up up there in the top 10 as far as receiving yards as well so with Lindsay, you're yeah with Obviously, he's splitting time, but I, I I like having those running backs that are catching passes out of the backfield, especially in a one point per reception uh, league, which is what this this trade is going down in. Um, I just think that those guys, those running backs that are getting rushing production plus uh, having that receiving floor is just invaluable as far as uh, this particular league setting. So for me, it's Lindsay. It's not really close. Um uh, again, Royce Freeman hasn't always been the healthiest of guys. So if he goes down with an injury, then you're talking about uh, potentially another top 12 season for, for Lindsay. And I think he could get pretty close to that regardless, even if Royce is playing. So uh, to me, it's, it's Lindsay because of the receiving floor. Um, I like Williams. I think he's, I think he is not showing exactly what he could be yet. Um, but as far as if you're trying to win this league, I think you have to go with Lindsay right now. What do you think, uh, John? Where, where are you at with this? I think it's Mike Williams. Uh, you know, I don't mean to be that guy, but uh, he was a little bit banged up the first couple. For you know, he's barely even on the field for the first week of the season. Um, he, there's no way Keenan Allen can keep up the consistency he's got going on right now. I think Mike Williams is going to get a little bit more, a little more share of the target. I think uh, I, I'm. I'm saying Mike Williams for me. I think he played like 60% of the snaps week one, 60-something, and he finally got back on the field last week. Uh, he only had um, he had seven targets of three receptions. So he's definitely, you know, from week one with three, week two with five targets, week seven's got – or week three's got seven targets. I, I think he's on the up and up. So um, that would be – I take Mike Williams on this side. Okay, so this is interesting. I, I expected more people to be on Mike Williams. I really did. Um, and I thought I was going to be in the minority saying that I would take Philip Lindsay here. But it looks like uh, it's, it's going to be three to one. John, 
McGlynn's going to be on his own with uh, on, on a Mike Williams island. Um, I, I like Mike Williams as a talent. It just doesn't seem to shine through. It, it, for some reason, it doesn't show on the uh, on the fantasy, uh, you know, the stat sheet. And so, I, I think I would take Philip Lindsay. I just I really like his rushing style. I um, I think Denver is going to get better as the year goes on. I think they've had some tough matchups too. I mean, the Bears defense, the Packers defense, which we talked about. Um, yeah, they had Oakland on Monday night, but that was that was an interesting game. That was in Oakland, and Oakland was ready for that one. So. I think they've had some some tough matchups uh, to, to start the season. I think things are going to loosen up for them. And I think Philip Lindsay is really good in the passing game as well. So um, I, I lean Lindsay here. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not too close for me, but um, I, I could definitely see an argument for Mike Williams. I just think Lindsay is is the guy for me. So that's, that's where I'm at with this. Um, it, it, that's interesting, man. I mean, Mike Williams in this passing attack is just – I expected so much more. Um, I get, you know what, what, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, is there anybody who's the one player that you expected more from this year that has disappointed? And, and I know that there's, there's tons of guys that we could say as of right now, and it's early, they could, they could still bounce back. But as of right now, I'll start the one guy for me and Brian, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that you and I are, are very similar in this has been Stefan Diggs. Uh, Stefan Diggs has been that guy that just, I expected more from Passing attempts haven't been there. He's been banged up. Um, targets haven't been there. It just it, it, it's a mess, and I don't know if it gets any better. Is the problem? So I'm really worried about uh, about uh, you know about um, this long term. You know, what do I do with Diggs? So uh, definitely something for me to continue monitoring. What what about you guys? Is there anybody for you guys that really stands out as a guy who you had high hopes for and just so far it doesn't look good? Uh, this guy I've been holding on to for about four years now, Corey Davis. <laughs> he's absolutely killing me this year. I don't, uh, he had a good catch last week, but uh, I've been, if the problem with that is I, I think that he, when he goes to a different team in a year or so, he's going to be okay. It's just- oh, no, 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 no. McLean, you don't get to do that here. See, you don't get away with that here. You don't get to say, well, when he goes to a new team after you've been backing your boy, Mariota, it's not Mariota. It's the it's the play calling on that oh, offense. It's the, oh, it's okay. Mariota when Mariota goes to the new team too, I think that's his, you know right, like, right because he's 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 only had what one one coach or yeah, I mean he's never you know had different systems. To that's try the problem. Play, he's got right? the Jay Cutler thing going on right now, where every year he's got a brand new fat playbook to learn. He can't get the grasp of the offense. By the time he does, he's got new you know now if I, all of a sudden he's got good receivers. And they're just they put the, the the wrong play calling in. They they they're kind of play showing their cards of what plays they're gonna call. Poor poor Mario. These Mario truthers always got an excuse. It's always something's built in, something's ready. Like, oh, he's never healthy, he's hurt, he's tough, he plays through it. His now arm. it's the playbook. He had one arm last year, he's got a yeah. playbooks being shown. One arm, too many playbooks. This poor guy. I mean, he I, I don't know how he's dealt with all this. No other quarterback has ever done. Um, that we've been able to overcome it, but any, anyways, anyways, it's, it's tough um, being a Mariota truther right, truther right now. Well, it really well, is. Ethan, but. Ethan found out that you can you can be a Mariota truther, but never, never against Daniel Jones. Last week, Daniel Jones, man, he he put he he came. Danny Dimes came to play. Um, he looked but, good. But what about you, Ethan? Real quick, is there anybody that you you really had highlights for this year that just isn't isn't panning out as of right now? 
I think I have two. They're both running backs. I mean, Damian Williams obviously has been a disappointment for pretty much anybody that expected him to be a bell cow that would, we were drafting him that way. LaShawn McCoy comes in, seems to be doing it. Everything that Williams was doing just slightly better, uh, really has rejuvenated uh, McCoy. That is, has really rejuvenated his career. Um, even Daryl Williams looks good in that offense. So the fact that Damian Williams wasn't lighting it up when he was getting the chance is pretty disappointing. And the other one is Duke Johnson, man. What is going on with Duke Johnson right now? We thought he was going to be the guy in Houston. We were all excited. Everybody that likes, it seemed like everybody was excited. Finally, we have freed Duke Johnson. The guy hasn't rushed more than, he hasn't had more than 10 rush attempts in a game yet this year in three games. I mean, you know, he had five targets the first week. I thought, okay, that's good. We'll roll with that. If we're getting five to seven targets a game, that's okay for PPR floor. But then he hasn't had, he's had four targets over the last two weeks. I mean, I think to me, uh, I thought I was getting an absolute steal with Duke Johnson in drafts this year, hoping that he would get traded. He gets traded before the year even starts. And then, he just hasn't done anything since then. Maybe he had, uh, you know, no touchdowns. I mean, it's just a, a huge disappointment for me because we were supposed to finally get, he's in a great offense. We were supposed to get this. And now Carlos, Carlos Hyde looks like he's the guy that you need to own, which is just, I think it says that says more about Duke Johnson than it does Carlos Hyde. Man. I, every time somebody brings up, those are two really good ones, by the way, Ethan, but every time someone brings up Duke Johnson, I just want to punch something because Man, I wanted him to get that opportunity, that share so badly, and it just it didn't happen. And and early on, it was basically, hey, look, you know, he just had such a short leash, and he struggled early. And then Carlos Hyde came in and didn't. You know, he, he, honestly, to Carlos Hyde's credit, he actually has looked very good there. Um, but it's just disappointing, man. I always wanted to see Duke Johnson get the, you know, get get a get a timeshare or be away from a timeshare rather. And and he just slid right into Houston. I thought everything was going to be great, and and just hasn't worked out that way. So it's been disappointing. Brian, what about you, man? What's uh, who's who's a guy? I mean, any one of your Steelers? Maybe maybe a certain running back there. No, yeah. We will not speak ill of the Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, so so I would say definitely when you said the question, James, the the one that came to me was Diggs too, for sure. Um, immediately, that was the one that really stood out. Um, I, 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 as I was sitting here after you went through that, I, I, you know, I did. Yeah, James Conner. I mean, he's he's been disappointing to this point. I don't necessarily think it's all his fault. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of holes that have been opened at all. Um, and then last week he was facing eight man boxes on every play. So, um, you know, now that sounds like a Steelers fan making excuses for him, I guess, uh, but realistically i do think that there's you know there's there's an issue there that they got to get fixed um you know run in the run game they're just not and you know now if jalen samuels or benny snell was coming in there and doing a whole lot or whatever then i'd say okay there's something wrong with connor but it's you know that whole running game just isn't isn't producing and and based on where people drafted Connor this year I think there's a lot of people that are really disappointed in him now the good news is that the schedule is pretty nice moving forward here uh as far as the the run defenses that he faces he's got Cincinnati on Monday uh Baltimore's the hardest one coming up but then you know they get Miami later in the year and they have they have a nice run here over the next several weeks i believe of of pretty nice matchups so hopefully he can get it turned around um 
you may not be hoping that, but hopefully us Steelers fans and us fantasy owners are hoping that James Conner can get it turned around. Yeah, it's interesting. It definitely is. And yeah, I'm sure there are some people who, uh, who are a little disappointed in, uh, in what Conner has given them, but you're right. I mean, it's not like anybody else has really, but I, I, Benny Snell hasn't had a lot of opportunities, guys. When he does get the opportunities, I think he looks pretty good. I mean, I saw one game, I think he had one carry, and it went for like 24 yards or something, and he was just rumbling. And I'm like, man, that guy looks good. But I'm um, just saying, you know, maybe more opportunities. He might look good. Maybe that's a guy who deserves the opportunities. But that's just me hoping and wishing him. But uh, but no, I, uh, I, I think you're right. I think the schedule does loosen up. We're going to find out whether or not James Conner can be a fantasy uh asset moving forward here pretty quick, you know, in the next few weeks, once that schedule loosens up, if he doesn't do anything, man, it's, it's time to cut bait, I think. But if he does, then, you know, he can, he can really salvage, um, you know, what, what, uh, what he's got going on, what, what owners kind of drafted him to be. So John, Ethan, uh, we're about to wrap it up. Do you guys have a, a, a next week, this week type type thing? Uh, a guy that we're going to grab this week on the waiver wire and we're going to beat the rush because he's going to have a big week this week, and next week everyone's going to want him, and they're going to see that you already grabbed him a week early. Is there anyone that, that stands out to you? I'll let John go first. In case he steals mine, I'll have a backup. Ooh, just look at that. Look at uh, that. All right, John, he's being gracious and giving you first crack. I'm going to say a guy with a lot of hype earlier coming into the season that you know a lot of people are, are on drop lists and have already dropped him, and it's week three, and I don't understand why. But uh, we come into week four, and I don't understand why. But Anthony Miller. I think Anthony Miller is someone that uh, is he's had a couple throws to him, you know, uh, just missing a couple passes, um, just missing. I mean, on the fingertips, missing three or four passes um, last week. He just, uh, he'll, I think he's going to get his act together, and people are going to be looking to trade for him or pick him up on, you know, look on your waiver wire. Somebody dropped him. He's a young, talented player. I unfortunately had to trade him away a couple, like a week or two ago, but. Um, I if if the person that I traded him to was sick of him and dropped him, I could see him having a couple of good weeks coming up soon. It can't be the all it can't be all the Allen, Allen Robinson show in Chicago. So uh, I'm going to go Anthony Miller. What's the ta- Taylor Gabriel show? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen every week. Three well, touchdowns. Yeah, the, the concussion issue too, which uh, which is interesting because I'm sure Ethan, we might be talking about him even though he's kind of borderline fantasy relevant. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, that, that concussion issue too. We'll see if he's even cleared, but Ethan, who's your guy? Uh, so my guy, I'm glad that I'm glad that John didn't take him. Cause I was really excited when I saw this, this name, as I was going through, I, always have, I always have fantasy data up <laughs> close. We're on the same team. I'm going to go with Preston Williams. Oh, I think nice. that, I think that Josh Rosen, uh, was not helped out last week. Uh, he hit Williams multiple times, for what could have been one could have been a touchdown and then some other big gains that Williams just dropped. And I, I, while I think that that could be a problem for him going forward, drops could be an issue. He's a young guy. He's a rookie this year when undrafted for character issues, not from talent issues. That team's going to have to throw the ball to even be within 50 points of any good team uh, this year. So I think Williams is a guy that if he makes those two snags, we're talking about him this week. You know, over his last two weeks, he's had uh, four catches for 63 and then four for 68. So, you know, if he makes a couple more plays, he's looking at 
getting towards that hundred yards receiving. And that's, that's kind of the threshold that you're, you're happy with as a flex spot. So I'm going to go with Preston Williams this week. He's already on most of my fantasy teams. So if you're listening to this and you're in a league with me, uh, tough luck, you're, you're too far behind. Uh, but I think that he could be a guy that provides, if he has a big week this week, um, you could be looking at him being a pretty, a pretty choice waiver wire ad. I also think it's worth noting that he's had 18 targets in the last two weeks. So uh, if you're a guy that likes to follow the targets, he's, he's one that I think you're going to be able to find uh, on the cheap. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's, one. That's tied with uh, just fun fact. Cause I just saw it. It's tied with Larry Fitzgerald and Kenny Galladay over that span too. So, you know, you're talking about those guys as being significant players that you drafted, you know, Williams is getting similar volume. Um, I think with Rosen throwing him the ball, he's got a chance to be uh, quite the ad. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, in reality, he was supposedly a, a second round draft pick this year's in uh, you know, talent wise. Yeah. He's a knucklehead because but. his character issues. Yeah. I mean, he does have some character issues, but he's been nothing but a Satan in uh, I'm a Dolphins fan. So I kind of, I'm up to date on all this, <laughs> but uh, he's been nothing but nothing short of a perfect teammate in Miami so far this year. I'm really rooting for this guy. I I, I have him on every one of my dynasty leagues, as a matter of fact. So I'm uh, I can't wait for him. He's already been blossoming. You know, if you look at the DLF, uh, rankings where he started off at, not even on a chart, and bam, 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 every week going down, down. I think now he's, you know, right around 115 or 140 or somewhere around there. But yeah, he's really he's been moving up every board, everywhere. He's uh, I, I love him, especially being a Dolphins fan, being a being able to root for somebody that's that's uh, moving up and could possibly be their number one for a couple of years. I love this. All right, guys. Well, it looks like James uh, dropped out there, so we'll uh, James we'll, is out. He's yes, done. James is down for the count. So we will go ahead and wrap this up. That was a, a great next week, this week uh, segment. Um, we appreciate all the folks that joined us tonight, um, watching on YouTube, um, and hope you guys had a great time. Uh, remember to check out all of our awesome content that we're putting out, uh, the Superflex Super Show five days a week uh we're putting out content so uh if you haven't subscribed yet please subscribe uh in all the places that you can find us uh we're pretty much on every podcast uh site that that you can imagine so find us on there um uh subscribe leave us a note uh tell us how we're doing uh we appreciate all of our listeners and again we hope you had a good time tonight So for my man, John and Ethan and James, the brain, I am Brian Haar. Uh, You can find our, our, uh, you can find, follow us on Twitter too. Um, At Superflex show is the uh, Twitter handle. I believe. Gosh, I should know that, right? It's pretty bad that I don't know that. If you never see Brian again, this is why I I probably am going to get axed. Yeah. That's probably, I don't even know the show. The show's I know it, it's 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 terrible. It really is. Um, uh, you can find me at Brian Hart. F- it is at Superflex so- Show. So I did know it. I just was, he can I was stay doubting. for one more week. <laughs> I was doubting myself. So you, anyways, you can find at Superflex Show at Brian Hart FF at John McGlynn seventy five at E Turner FF underscore PT at underscore james the brain uh follow all of us 
Um, we appreciate y'all. Good night. <laughs>